T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I didn't grow up with auto racing. Much like golf, what I know about it is essentially gleaned from having the TV on in the background at my parents' house on Sundays. I would hear about places like Talladega, Daytona, Bristol, but despite knowing they were in the South somewhere, they seemed interchangeable, especially on television, where it was seemingly an endless back and forth of cuts from an aerial shot over the speedway to a driver's view from inside their cramped vehicle. So when I heard that NASCAR was bringing a street race to downtown Chicago, the first of its kind, I was floored and kept circling back to one question. How? How do you take a sport where, for decades, spectators mainly just watch from the bleachers and put it right in their face amongst the city's architecture and retail stores? Since word first came last year about the event, how did the course get chosen and laid out in such a short amount of time? And maybe a question a lot of residents are asking. How do you get Chicago, a city obsessed with all things Cubs, Sox, Bears, and Bulls, to care? I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're riding shotgun to get those answers and more about NASCAR's first ever street race this 4th of July weekend. Let's get looped in, Chicago. So all this coming weekend, July 1st and 2nd, NASCAR will present live music, drivers meeting fans, interactive displays, and a lot more. But the main event happens this coming Sunday, where the biggest names in professional racing will do 100 laps around Chicago's Grant Park, essentially driving between DeSaba Lakeshore Drive and South Michigan Avenue in the heart of downtown. To equate myself with some of the 101 of NASCAR and this event in particular, I met up with WBBM sports reporter Rick Gregg to shed some light on what we can expect somebody might listen to this and might not follow NASCAR very much. Let's define what this event is for listeners in relation to what they might know about racing. Why is this event significant or unique? Okay, let's go to the beginning almost here. NASCAR is the uh, stock car racing, right? The major, the top of the line stock car racing in America. So by stock car, we're looking at way back when they were first doing this, you had you had cars that really came right out of the dealership or right off the lot sure. that were, you know, Fords or Nissans or whatever that would, that would race around. Now it's not quite the same anymore, but stock means that stock body. 
Look, you know the Daytona 500, or you've heard of Talladega or wherever. That's where the stock cars run, and in fact, they ran here uh, in Joliet at the Chicagoland Speedway for a while as well. What's different is when you think of those race tracks, they just go in a loop or an oval or a circle. Most of the time, there are a few road tracks out there. This is a street race, which NASCAR has never done before. And I don't mean simply just being on regular streets, but regular streets without all that much modification. They're going to have to go down the straightaways and make the same right or left turn uh, that you might make on your daily commute. It's different for NASCAR. They've never done this anywhere. So this is, to an extent, a guinea pig. When you think of a street race, you have to uh, downgrade your expectations as far as speed is concerned. It's possible that on the straightaways, like right along Lakeshore Drive when they're driving here uh, in that little stretch, they might hit 100 miles an hour. On the loops, they're much higher than that. You know, a regular stock car race would be uh, well into the 150s, 160s. On the short tracks, they're still over 100 because they're going on a in circles. They don't have to follow street lights or anything. They're going to turn off the stoplights. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's no red light there except when they have to pull somebody into the pits. Uh, but they're going only be able to go about 100 maybe a little more probably not on the straightaways and they got to slow down to make those turns well for sure and i was going to ask about um preparation for this as well you know what is the training like compared to other major sports i think somebody who turns on tv on a sunday and sees a race going on it's just somebody in a car racing around for three hours right and that's not accurate first of all yes it is somebody in a car but the car is mechanically uh, top of the line or as top of the line as the pit crew and the technology staff behind it can make it. There's a crew chief who is talking in their ear the entire time telling them, hey, watch out for this accident that's coming up or you can pass this guy because they can see from above. The crew chief is generally in uh, kind of like an air traffic control tower or somewhere high up. I actually don't know where they're doing it for Chicago, but we do have all of these beautiful high rise buildings. They could just set out, rent out a couple of floors. Don't you think? <laughs> they won't do that. But the point is that they're getting instructions in their ears all the time. They can talk back and forth with their crew chief. So and then, of course, there is what you probably know of as the pit crew, the people who, when they need new tires, they pull in and 10 seconds later off they go with four new tires uh, and a splash of gas. So it's 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 kind of neat to watch. Well, the focus of it, too, is, you know, we watch basketball, football, that sort of thing. There are there are breaks every 30 seconds or something like that in, in some of these sports. And to have that laser focus for hours at a time to do the same repetitive nature, but then also balance for uh, conditions and that sort of thing. It, it takes a great deal of focus, obviously. Absolutely. And, you know, I was talking with uh, with one driver, Daniel Suarez, and he was mentioning to me that even small imperfections on the road, the cars are so sleek that you can feel that. And now they're going to make sure there are as few imperfections on the road as is possible, but nothing is perfect. So the drivers feel that on a loop, there are kind of well-worn tracks. You know what I mean? So there are parts of the loop that more cars drive over than others because you want the fastest way around. And over time, those become well-worn tracks that guys can go faster on. We won't have that here in Chicago because this is a first of its kind. Right, right. So this isn't NASCAR's first investment in the area, though, we talk about this being a first uh, this upcoming Fourth of July weekend, but they're currently owners of another track within driving distance. Is well, that right? yes, they do own the uh, the Chicagoland Speedway in Joliet. The reason that the track was built to begin with about 20 years ago, I believe 2001 was its debut race. The reason was because NASCAR was trying to push into more urban areas. You know, traditionally it has been uh, more of a southern United States sport. Um, maybe more rural, uh, but they, they tried to push into bigger areas, including Chicagoland. Some of those expansions worked. Some of them worked for a while. I would say Chicagoland worked for a while. Um, but here's the good news about having that track in Joliet. 
they can use that not necessarily for practice for the street race here, but for staging purposes. They mm. can use that to bring equipment in ahead of time. They can use it, I believe they're going to use it to load up the tires, make sure all the packs are ready to go. So there's there's ways to use the property right now right? that will help out for this race. What are racers going to have to change about how they run this race? You You already did mention some of the turns, you know, they'll only be able to really hit about 100 miles an hour. I think there was... A, a simulated race yeah. uh, of this nature. Is that right? Yeah, this is one place where the pandemic kind of helped out a little bit, at least for you and me. Simulator technology is something that has been more incorporated more and more into the day-to-day of NASCAR, of auto racing, uh, over the last you know 10 years since they become you know usable and good enough uh, to mimic an actual race car. But the reason I say it's better for you and me and for the drivers as well is that as part of the uh, pandemic, they decided to broadcast some races between the various drivers and they created some tracks. Now, some of them were copies of tracks that already existed and some of them were new. And one of the new ones is this Grant Park 250 track. They planned one out on a computerized map of Chicago, for lack of a better way to put it. So they upgraded the technology a little bit. And this goes back to those imperfections. Other than the imperfections on the roadway, which you really can't mimic, these guys have tried this course before, and we'll get to try it again before uh, the 4th of July weekend. Remember in the intro when I brought up Chicago's major sports teams and how the fan allegiance might be tough to swing racing's way? Well, believe it or not, there is a tie-in between NASCAR and the most recognizable Chicago athlete of all time. For Chicagoans, you know, something surprising is that Michael Jordan, uh, on top of a lot of different things, owns uh, a racing team. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, he co-owns a team uh, with uh, with a couple of other guys. Uh, Denny Hamlin, who was a NASCAR champion himself, uh, is one of the other owners. And they sponsor two and a half cars. I say a half car because they have two that run full time and then the other one that runs part time. I do not at this moment know if all three cars will be racing here in it's Chicago. It's not the bumper or not, not the front no, half. No, no, no. It's not like on Price is Right where you have the two halves yes. of the car. You got to match. Oh, not quite that. that. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, and one of the drivers is Bubba Wallace, uh, who is, I believe, the only black driver in NASCAR at the moment. There have not been many historically. You have to imagine his uh, teammate Tyler Reddick as well is in the other full car, and then we'll see who else was racing. We don't have the field, the full field quite yet as we're making this recording. That's right. That's right. Um, to wrap up, Rick, what, what are you looking forward to most with this race as somebody who covers sports? Oh, hey, if you're at home, it's going to look great. I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's going to look great. If you want to drive through the area, it's not going to be so much fun. As you know, there are going to be a lot of closures ahead of time um, as they start to set this up uh, in late June. And then it takes a while to tear it down uh, in uh, late July after the race. Um, so that part is going to be a hiccup. And, uh, you know, whether the juice is worth the squeeze, we're going to find out. But as a sports person, it's going to be pretty cool. And it's just going to look different. That's what I keep coming back to. It's going to look different than anything else we've seen with NASCAR. Well, that's a really cool thing to think about, that we are a first in uh, a lot of different ways in this city, but this this being one of them now in 2023. And we'll probably get into this a little bit later in the episode, but this is the first year of a three-year contract for this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see, you know, again, the, the, we're, the, we're the guinea pig. Let's see how this goes and 
see how uh, they're going to bring this event to uh, potentially other major cities as time goes on. Yeah, and for years two and three, I wouldn't expect the track to change. It's more, you know, the layout to change. It's more of what are they going to change around it? And how are they going? Once everybody's done it once, yeah. how can we improve it? Assuming that the, that the contract is fulfilled and there are two and three, but I guess that's a lot to assume right now because we haven't even driven race number one. <laughs> right. Rick, thanks so much for taking time to uh, delve into this event for us. I look forward to seeing you uh, more around the newsroom here. Yeah, it'll be great. And, uh, you know, start your engines or whatever. Don't do it yet. Wait till July, but then start <laughs> your engines. So Rick gave me a crash course in NASCAR, but I was still curious who has an inside track on this one-of-a-kind race. Is there a particular NASCAR superstar who's best equipped to handle this urban environment? Coming up after the break, I'll find out from award-winning motorsports journalist Kelly Crandall. Stay tuned. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So the first ever NASCAR street race is coming to Chicago. So soon, in fact, you can almost smell the rubber off the tires. And as Rick alluded to, this is a first-of-its-kind event, not just for the city, but for NASCAR as a whole. So who will literally make history as the winner of the first NASCAR Chicago street race? For some expertise, I reached out to the chief writer for all things NASCAR at racer.com, Kelly Crandall. She's been entrenched with the sport for a long time, even hosting her own podcast, talking with drivers, crew chiefs, team owners, and more about every aspect of auto racing. How long has this been in the works to bring to Chicago, let alone a, a street race through downtown? I think, you know, really you have to probably go back through the pandemic. When NASCAR was shut down, as many sports in many parts of the country and the world were for, for that period of time, iRacing and NASCAR partnered up and they created this track design through downtown Chicago virtually through iRacing, which is a simulator platform. Some people will say it's a video game. Uh, racing people will tell you it's not a video game. It's, it's a simulator, but that's how you can imagine what it is. So I think it really started then when that happened. Okay, if we can do this virtually and lay this out and see how it works and kind of get people talking about it, kind of see what the reaction is. Is this something that we could potentially do in real life? So it's really been in the works for the last couple of years. Uh, it was announced as happening last year. Obviously, it's it's been in the works of, you know, how realistic has it been between NASCAR and city officials and finally getting, you know, the approval and mapping all of this out and, and announcing it midway through last year. And, and it's been foot to the floor, no pun intended, full speed since then, this allowed NASCAR to look at an opportunity to bring racing right to the race fans in the heart of the city next to some iconic venues and just bring racing to the people and do it in a market that they feel strongly about. Is this a larger push for NASCAR to bring races in general elsewhere? Experiment, for lack of a better term, bring these things to you know more populated areas 
and see how they go. You know, it's been my understanding that like we're sort of the guinea pig in this regard and they could bring these things to Mexico City. They could bring these things to parts of the nation that you don't necessarily associate with NASCAR all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And NASCAR's race in Mexico City before that certainly is back on the table of whether that would be something that they want to look at to go back. But as far as a street course race, yes, Chicago is is definitely the guinea pig. And you're absolutely correct. It's all about bringing the sport to different markets, to different places, to different areas. And uh, NASCAR tried that last year and they did it again this year by going out to L.A. and building a racetrack at a football stadium. This is going to be the first time the Cup Series has raced on a street course. And that's a monumental moment for the sport. They are very excited about that, that in the 75 years of this sport, that this has not happened before. And I think you're going to continue to see the sport try to look at different places. Again, we mentioned Mexico. Canada might be back on the table. Uh, They have raced there before with trucks. They raced Xfinity in Montreal. So going international, of course, is awesome. There's a lot on the table. So I think, again, broadly to your question, yes, it shows that the sport and the sanctioning body right now are not afraid to think outside the box and not have such a copy and paste schedule that they've had for 15, 20 years. There's a lot of sports fans in Chicago. When you bring racing right downtown and you put it right in front of them, it makes it easier for them to consume racing. Again, on the flip side, that also means you're putting racing in front of people that maybe don't know anything about it or may have only heard about it. And now that it's right there in front of them, uh, they might you know, be curious and want to check it out. Because this is new for everybody, uh, I don't know if there are any particular drivers that you think would do well or better on this course. And are there any stories maybe that have hit you this season in particular that somebody who's just tuning into this or just familiar with it coming to the city you know, might be interested in? Well, I think it's really kind of hard to can't handicap this race because we haven't done it before. In the 75 years of the sport, there's not been a street course run. So it's going to be very, very different for everybody. There's no telling how the car is going to handle, what the tires are going to feel like, how rough the course is going to be, who can be aggressive in their braking zones, who is not going to be afraid to uh, you know, make those hard, aggressive left and rights coming out of those corners. Tyler Reddick has been very good at road courses the last couple of years. He's kind of been the gold standard in the Cup Series. So you look at him, Kyle Busch can adapt anywhere. Joey Logano can adapt anywhere. And Joey is really unique, and, and it'll be fun for fans to watch him because Joey has a knack for whenever there are first-time things in the sport, he he's won a bunch of them. So we put dirt on Bristol last year or two years ago for the first time, and he won that race. Uh, we went to the L.A. Coliseum last year for the first time. That's the racetrack I mentioned that was literally built inside a football stadium. He won that race for the first time. We went to St. Louis at that racetrack for the first time. He won that. So the theme here is Joey Logano is a fun one to watch because he just has a knack for adapting to things quickly. Kelly, if people listening at home want to keep up with your coverage, what's the best way for them to do that? Please go to racer.com. That is where you will find my written work. I also host a podcast myself, so the Racing Writers Podcast that is available on all major platforms, and I'm not that hard to find. (laughs) You're everywhere. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. This episode of Looped in Chicago was hosted by me, Jim Hankey, recorded by Chris Lopez, and produced and edited by myself, Lizzie Baumgartner, and Myron Kaplan. You can stay subscribed to the program on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen. And be sure to follow us on social media at WBBM Podcasts. We'll keep you looped in again right here 
next week. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.